Hello, and welcome to This is True Crime, y'all, a true crime podcast with a Texas twist. My name is Melissa, and I'm your host, and this is what I'm going to call a mini murder episode. This one is about Ivan Malott's nephew, which I had never heard of, which I thought was very strange, considering this only happened in 2010. 17 years after Ivan Malott's seventh and final murder, his nephew, Matthew Malott, returns to the scene of his uncle's crimes to kill his friend with an axe. On November 10th, 2010, Matthew, who was 18, and Cohen Klein, 19, lured their 17-year-old friend, David Occhleroni, I know I fucked that up, I'm very sorry to all my Australian listeners. Matt, I'm talking to you. He lured him into the Belongolo State Forest, which was just south of Sydney. The same backdrop his uncle used to murder and dispose of his bodies, his nephew would now use in his honor. His uncle, Ivan Malott, at the time was serving life in prison for the murder of seven backpackers. And if you don't know the name Ivan Malott, then honey, what is you even doing listening to this podcast? On David's 17th birthday, he followed his friends into the forest with no idea that this would be the site of his gruesome murder. He'd spent the morning with his family in town and his grandmother had given him $20 to spend. Oh, Gotta love grannies. He was lured out into the woods that day on the promise of a day of drinking and smoking cannabis. But when they arrived at a road junction in the forest, Matthew turned and struck his friend in the head with a double-sided axe. There is a 15-minute audio clip that was recorded during this incident where you can hear Matthew tormenting David while intermittently striking him with the axe. I will read the transcript of the audio now, and it is heartbreaking. So let me warn you that this is not for the faint of heart. The audio clip starts with David crying. Malot says, look at the fucking dirt, Acho. I'm going to fucking kill you if you keep fucking moving. Look at the ground and answer my questions. David still crying. Malot, you keep looking at me, I'll cut your fucking head off. Look at the ground, cunt. Tell me, is it true you've been going around telling people my affairs? David, no, it's not true, Matt. Malot, don't look at me, all right. David, I'm not, man. Malot, look at the dirt. David, I am, it's not true. Malot, Put your arms up around your head. David, I swear it's not true, Matt. Malot, shut up, cunt. Put your hands down next to your face. Pull them near your face. You going to keep meddling with me? David, no, I won't. I swear to God, man. Malot, how am I going to know that? David, you have my word. Malot, how good is your word to me? David, mate, we've been mates for ages. 
My word is good. Malot, yeah, we've been mates for ages, and how many times have I been told that you're dogging me behind my fucking back, cunt? Right? You got me? David, yes. Malot, look at the ground. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? David, yes, man, I understand, dude. Malot, do you really? David, yes, dude. Malot, seriously? David, yes. Malot, seriously? I don't know how many times he's going to ask him seriously. This is pretty serious. Malot, yeah, I don't believe you, cunt. David, I'm serious, man. I swear to God, I never said nothing about you. Malot, I really do not fucking believe you right now, all right? David, man, I give my word. I wouldn't. Malot, yeah, you give me your word, and your word isn't fucking good enough anymore, Acho. I've had your word before, and it ain't worth a pinch of cold fucking shit. Oh, God, then you hear the sound of the axe hitting David. And this was actually played in court, and the family had never heard this before. They did not know of the traumatic nature of this recording. As it was played, and the judge realized how intense it was, she told the family that they could leave, but instead they elected to stay. The presiding judge would later say, and this is a quote, Chilling is an understatement. It is extremely distressing material. The sound of David crying out in agony is chilling in the extreme. End quote. When they were done torturing this poor soul, they covered David's body with leaves and branches and drove back home. A third friend, Chase Day, he had actually been with the group. He was driving. He remained in the car while the murder was carried out. But he got out and he tried to stop it. He tried to stop Malot from swinging the axe, but was told by Malot to get back in the fucking car. When they all returned home to their respective houses, he cracked and told his father everything. His father urged him to go to the police, and the next day, Matthew and Cohen were charged with David's murder. During the court case, the prosecution presented the judge with lots of evidence, including that awful audio recording and several poems that Matthew wrote while in custody. One labeled Cold Life reads, Lifeless corpse, motionless and drained, another street has been blood-stained, heart and soul I do not own, and there is no place I can call home. In his victim impact statement, David's grandfather said, They didn't just kill him, they terrorized and tormented him. The love I have for him and the hatred I have for those animals who took him, they deserve no mercy. David's father would later recall the deja vu he felt, seeing his son wrapped in a white sheet at the same hospital where he had cradled him in a white blanket as a baby. 
The court proceedings would tell how Malat gloated about the killing and said, you know me, you know my family, you know the last name Malat. I did what they do. Dressed in suits and separated by a prison officer, neither Matthew or Cohen showed any emotion as they were found guilty and sentenced. It has been said that the pair's guilty plea was not based on remorse, but on a recognition of the inevitable because of the audio recordings. Taking into account the time spent in custody, Malott and Klein will be eligible for parole in 2040 and 2032. In sentencing, acting justice Jane Matthews read out this particularly chilling poem Matthew Malott wrote more than nine months after the murder. The poem is called Your Last Day. Click clack, hear that, stopping in the middle of the track. Are you getting nervous in the back? Should be cunt, you're getting whacked. Talk shit here, talk shit there. No one's really gonna care. Okay, you fucked up, Dr. Seuss. Anyway, but talk shit with every breath. You just signed away your health. I can see you start to sweat, wondering what you're gonna get. Hoping for one in the head. Cunt, I'll put it in your leg. Tell me, are you having fun? Get up, cunt, and start to run. How far are you going to get? Your match, cunt, you have just met. Stumbling all over the place. Hear the crunch of leaves and feet. Feel your heart skip a beat. Are you going to get away? No hope, kid. This isn't your day. The day you won't be found. Six feet underneath the ground. And that is the conclusion of that fucking gross and terribly misspelled poem that... Ugh, I can't even. Okay, we're just... We're gonna move on. When the judge handed down the sentence, they she said that they acted with deliberate and premeditated murder. This crime was done for personal enjoyment and that David's final 10 minutes alive were filled with horror and unimaginable torment. It clearly falls in the worst category for the case of murder. Justice Matthews sentenced Malott to a maximum of 43 years and declined a total of 32 years. I probably already said that, but I want to reiterate that. Klein, the court determined, was strongly influenced by Malott. Justice Matthews didn't give any discount for Malott's guilty plea and noted that he is still a serious potential danger to the community. The judge would also say that Malott did not appear to have any expression of genuine remorse or regret for the crime. And then she went on to reveal another one of his poems. And this one was titled, Killer Looks and On Evil Side, where he writes, Shelter you will need to seek, so terrified you can hardly speak. Another poem he wrote says, I'm not fazed by blood or screams. 
Nothing I do will haunt my dreams. The judge said that this was very chilling and the poetry appeared to relive the murder. It's quite the opposite of remorse. He appears to be reveling in the memory of this terrible event. So that is the case of Ivan Malotz's nephew, Matthew Malotz, who decided to take a page out of the book of the backpack murders and kill someone. He did it with an audio recording, which I find so strange because, you know, evidence, but whatever. And uh, he is in prison, but this last year it has been reported that Matthew was seen as popular, charming, and a hero? What the fuck? A prison file obtained by News Corp shows he's been manipulating other prisoners and staff to gain privileges in this prison. Prison psychologists also report he made inappropriate references to his offense and that his popularity was due to his status and his uncle's status as murderers. <sighs> okay, we're just going to leave it at that. But I wanted to just give you like a little mini episode because I truly did not know that his nephew went on to become a murderer as well. And, you know, it's that whole nature versus nurture Was this something that was in their bloodlines or was this something that they did that he did to seek popularity or revenge or who knows? But I'm glad his stupid ass is behind bars either way. So thank you for listening to This Is True Crime, y'all. And if you have an idea for a podcast or you want to write for a podcast and you love murder as much as I do, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm looking to collaborate with other people on a couple of new projects and I would love a co-host or a writer or a producer. So hit me up. My Gmail is this is true crime y'all at gmail.com. No apostrophe. Thank you guys and have a great day.